right, thanks, Scott Shannon, and thanks to all of you for being with us. Write down our toll-free number. We'll have plenty of time for calls today, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of this extravaganza. Now, did you just hear the open? Now, there are allegations, and then there are allegations, and then there's a spectrum of allegations. This is Cuomo. This is worse than it all depends what the meaning of the word is. Is what I mean is allegations, and then there are allegations, and then there's a spectrum of allegations. And he's he's saying this in response to a question about how he rushed to judgment and immediately demanded that a guy by the name of Eric Schneiderman resign when he was accused of sexual misconduct. The guy ended up resigning, and he did this with other state legislators, and he did it, you know, in the case of of Kavanaugh. Cuomo actually tweeted out, you know, here is one basic fact that badly hurts Judge Kavanaugh. Why won't he take a polygraph test like Dr. Ford did? Um, And then he said Governor Cuomo called on the president to demand Kavanaugh take a polygraph test. Okay, and by the way, Cuomo was an I believer. But this is this. Listen to this answer. He's asked the question, responding to the question, why he called for in this case, guy in New York, a politician, Eric Schneiderman, to resign when accused of sexual misconduct, but he's not resigning. Listen. In 2018, within about three hours, allegations against Eric Schneiderman came out. You called for his resignation. He resigned. Why doesn't that same expectation apply to you? There's obviously uh, allegations and then there are allegations, right? Uh, And there's a, a spectrum of allegations. There are allegations, and then there are allegations, and then there's a spectrum of allegations. <laughs> what does that mean? Oh my God! You can't. You cannot make this up. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. Will Cuomo survive? The chances, New York. I don't know. Democrats. They're going to rally. Listen, National Democrats. They're thinking there's no way Biden's going to ever do two terms. That's what they're thinking whether they'll say it publicly or not. And they're all posturing for a potential run in 2024. This will not, I don't think, be a coronation uh, of Kamala Harris if, if Joe either doesn't finish the term or or Joe Biden doesn't run for a second term. And it's just going to be, you know, it's going to be interesting to watch. So there are plenty of Democrats, knowing politics as I do, it is a blood sport. It is a dark evil swamp and sewer that's a fact but there are democrats that absolutely positively unequivocally want cuomo to fail and be unelectable and not be a candidate should the opening arise and the opportunity arise in 2024 now if i am correct in my observation is that joe biden is weak and frail and struggling cognitively um, everybody can see it. Now, people say, well, Hannity, we're going to have a chance to see him on Thursday night. I said, he's going to be fine Thursday night. And he's not going to be Joe Biden circa 2012. He's not going to be Joe Bi- Biden even, you know, circa, you know, 2016. We have shown you enough video, enough tape, uh, enough, um, you know, these brain fart moments of his. It's now quite alarming. It's very alarming. You know, we there's an article out today about, yeah, WhiteHouse.gov. What do they t- talk about? Uh, Kamala Harris is speaking with all the world leaders, not Joe. 
Joe basically has one item on his on his list every day, and that's pretty much about it. Now, are they going to practice him up for what will likely be a 15-minute speech about all the great things he's done to solve COVID when, in fact, he inherited three vaccines and they were putting a million shots in people's arms by the time Trump left a day? No, they won't give Trump any credit. He didn't do anything. Didn't support the travel ban either. Called it xenophobic and hysteria. Um, so we're, you, know, I, I'm, you just got to watch and wait. But if I'm right in this, it's there's a mad scramble that is beginning to develop. Now, look, the Politico, not exactly conservative. I, I, I read this today and I said, yeah, really? The headline is the Biden blitz is coming. This is how it starts. The president is preparing to embark on a new, far more public facing phase of his term. Let me tell you what's really happening. What's really happening is the fact that this poll comes out yesterday by Rasmussen and 50 percent of the American people agree with what I've now been pointing out since the election, before the election, all throughout the campaign, is these observations. Joe, if he had a fastball, it's gone. If he had a slow pitch or a curve, that's gone too. And it's getting more acute every day. Now, the idea that he's going to embark on a far more public-facing phase of his term, no, it's not. They know they've got to that, that this narrative is building and they're going to try to squash it. And the way they're going to try to squash it is... They're going there's these planned moments. First, they're going to practice all day today and they'll practice all day tomorrow. And the practice is going to be pretty simple. It's Joe. Let's go over your speech one more time. Let's read the teleprompter. Okay, great. They'll say put a little more emphasis here, a little more emphasis there and and show some more passion, Joe. You notice Joe gets he likes to get animated because when he gets animated, he gets a little bit more focused. Probably be lots of caffeine, coffee, energy drinks, whatever it is that Joe Biden likes to to drink every day. Listen, they were able to pull this off barely during the campaign protection, candidate protection program campaign in the basement bunker. As the new book, Lucky says, the keep your crazy uncle in the basement strategy for running for president. And the media was perfectly fine with it because they hated Trump. Now, it's going to mean that he's going to give a state of the union. Probably one of the easiest speeches in the world to give. You walk in, everybody's on their feet, they're clapping, both houses, joint session of Congress, and you, you're, you spit out two lines and you get applause. You spit out two more lines, you get more applause. You spit out three lines, you get super applause. I mean, you get enough breaks in between. If anything, he's probably just going to get tired because he's going to you know lose focus over the course of the speech. Will he be able to get through that? My guess is probably. Will he get through tomorrow? My guess is probably. But what they are describing as a blitz is hardly a blitz. You know, that he's now going to uh, have fewer scripted events, private dealings with lawmakers, more interactions and press appearances. So the big one that they've got to get him over, though, is not a State of the Union address or the address Thursday. The big one is going to be the press conference. Now, during the campaign transition he was able to do them with what seemed like at the time okay who do i go to next uh tommy from uh, and it's like they were all prepared which made me somewhat suspicious but i'm suspicious by my nature um but it'll give 
you know, the idea is to show that guys like Hannity are being unfair to Joe. That doesn't answer the question, though. I guarantee you whatever the blitz is is going to be anything but a blitz. It's going to be basically surviving the the fundamentals of being as public as we can can make him without without him screwing up that bad. You know, and it's you know, it's it's a very low bar that they're going to say it's not going to be a blitz. Joe Biden wouldn't even answer a question at a hardware store yesterday. You know, so now they're scared. Let me tell you what's happening. They're all on pins and needles. Now, if I'm right in my suspicions that people were fully aware of these glaring weaknesses that Joe had and cognitive struggles that Joe had during the campaign, which is why they hid him in the basement. His schedule is lightly packed. We're told he likes to go to bed at seven o'clock. He likes to go right up to the residence. Okay. Um, And Kamala is doing all the heavy lifting on foreign policy and taking, we're told, a crash course on it. And, you know, they have a road, you know, this this roadshow blitz that they call it. Um, Well, we now know that Kamala Harris is going to step up and take more of an active role. Now, the White House staffers, they yesterday they raced in again to stop reporters from asking questions because he's not fully prepared for that yet. That's going to take a heavy lift on behalf of the staff. Okay, Jonah, when they ask you about the immigration crisis, this is what you're going to say. And they're going to have notes on the podium for him. And he'll refer to the notes in front of him. Basically try and read through the script and ignore what is obvious. This $1.9 trillion spending bill is a disaster. This what he's doing to the energy sector is a disaster. The crisis at the border is real and an unmitigated disaster. You know, they actually put inside that $1.9 trillion spending bill that I went through. Only 9% goes to emergency COVID relief. They actually put in there that states cannot cut their taxes as a as a condition of receiving the aid. Can you imagine that? I mean, that is insanity. You look at this bill and, you know, they're going to go around and say, we gave you fourteen hundred dollars. You should love love us now. Oh, OK. I love you now. I'm not getting fourteen hundred bucks. I didn't get the two six hundred dollar checks. I sent them to my account. And I said, don't cash this. Um, anyway, and you have. All this money paying for why are we paying for foreign medical care for other countries? Why do we illegal immigrants and and prisoners? Why do they get fourteen hundred dollars? Why do murderers get fourteen hundred dollars in jail? Why are we giving it to illegal immigrants? Why are we paying for health care for illegal immigrants here? Why are we paying for health care around the world? Why are you bailing out irresponsibly tax and spend blue states like New York and then demanding they can't cut taxes? Why are you doing what? That's not COVID emergency relief for anybody. That is, let's rob our children and grandchildren of their future. And then, of course, you got green money for farmers Then the health insurance for, yes, even illegal immigrants. The government's going to allow, you know, the expansion of, of Obamacare is full force here. You got all this money going to these states that have been fiscally irresponsible. It's, it's just an unbelievable time. By the way, North Carolina lawmakers are pushing a bill to reduce the unemployment tax rate. And by the way, Biden's team refuses to this genocide going on with the Chinese, and they're not saying a darn thing about it. That's now becoming a bigger issue. 
Ted Cruz said, I have three words about the Biden presidency. Boring, but radical. That kind of sums it up. I think that's about right. You know, GOP senators are fuming over prisoners getting the stimulus checks. Why are we giving murderers? The Boston bomber murdered three people. Senator Tom Cotton pointed out, terrorized an entire great city. They're getting, he's getting, they're getting $1,400, the, the Sarnav brother, as part of his COVID relief pack. Why is he getting 1400 bucks? He's in jail, and he belongs in jail. Unbelievable. The ha- I mean, how do you say that that's COVID relief? You know, Ron Klain said, yeah, Biden's likely to deliver the State of the Union, the joint speech, uh, speech to the Congress after selling the relief package to the public. He's going to go out and say, didn't I do great? James Clyburn has actually said he was asked by Neil Cavuto about his obvious mental lapses. He said, well, no, 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 it, it, it's it, we, we call it stuttering. He called it. That's what he said. It doesn't affect his brain at all. He didn't have that problem in 2016 or 2012. Is this new? A new condition? Because I'd never heard of it before. Boring but radical. Ted Cruz. Then you've got now the Pentagon to extend the National Guard at the Capitol and so on and so forth. Kamala Harris keeps taking these calls with world leaders. There's a reason. And I think we have a right to know. Now, then it raises the question, did his campaign know all during the campaign that this was going on? And if they didn't know, why didn't they tell you, the American people? I want to know who knew what, when, and where. If, if there's any kind of medical condition, I'm not a doctor. And as we roll along, 800-941-SEAN, you want to be a part of this extravagant. How do you forget the name of your own defense secretary when he's standing right next to you? Or the building called the Pentagon. How do you forget that? How do you say, we're going to have 300 by the summer, 300 Americans vaccinated, 300. Let me repeat, we're going to have 300 Americans vaccinated. Come on, man. His defense secretary's name is Lloyd Austin. The building he works in would be called the Pentagon. It's not good. The thing, you you know, the the, the, the thing that take him off script. You know, just, just, uh, I lose my place, but I have my card with me. I have my card. Um, yeah, here it is. Meanwhile, the day before, he had a, a, a vigil in honor of the 500,000 Americans that, we, that lost their lives. The worst pandemic since 1917 and 18. But yet, the fastest we've ever gotten to a vaccine in a year. Donald Trump did that. Donald Trump built Cuomo the hospitals, manned the hospitals, provided all the PPE for the hospitals, the gloves, gowns, masks, shields, everything. 80% of the beds remained empty. People went to the nursing home. Same thing, by the way, Governor Whitmer, same thing with her. Now I have a prosecutor there saying she could be criminally charged over her policies in Michigan. This is expanding. There's a reason New York, California, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania did poorly. But all these red state governors, Mississippi, Florida, South Dakota, all these other states did so well. They're run by Republicans. 
Now those Republicans, uh, their citizens will be bailing out the blue states that overtax and overspend and don't fund their pensions. All right, 25 till the top of the hour. I know what kind of questions. And, you know, you think about the, like Joe Biden, you know, again, gets shushed away. Today, it happened again. They shushed away reporters trying to ask questions again. And yesterday, the hardware store, no, no question, no question. They, uh, I think I'm supposed to take questions now. And, beep, you know, bars and tone. I know that's an annoying noise, isn't it? So it's almost as bad as, can you hear me? Uh, are you there? Can you hear me yet? Oh, my gosh. hate those things. Can you hear me? Um, all right. So we have a real crisis emerging at the border. Even at a senior White House official that admitted uh, today that Biden's immigration policies drew, quote, hope and may have contributed to what is the sharp uptick in the number of migrants apprehended at the southern border under the new administration policies. Now, you know, the stay in Mexico policy, gone. The catch and release, that's back. Border wall construction stops. Checkpoints eliminated. Uh, catch and release brought back. I mean, it's an unmitigated disaster, and the numbers are astronomical. They're the highest they've ever been, according to some people. Now you have literally they're trying to shut down the voices of Border Patrol agents that are trying to tell the American people the truth about all that's happening here. You got this woman, Roberta Jacobson is her name, literally saying herself that, yeah, Joe Biden's policies gave hope and may have contributed to the sharp uptick and saying that the prospect of a more humane policy under Biden may have driven people to make that decision. We had a guy on last night that Griff Jenkins, who's at the border reporting for us, that literally said, yeah, Joe invited us. I mean, that's what they're saying. It's now forcing Texas charities to house COVID-infected migrants with those that are COVID-free. Now, I told you about this town, in it's called Harlingen, Texas, and they, they literally have a 25% COVID infection rate. 25% of people they test are positive for these illegal immigrants now arriving in Texas and still skyrocketing. And Texas charities now with limited funding or they're struggling to deal to trying to help out people that are on, on a humanitarian level. But don't worry, I guess fourteen hundred dollar checks will be getting in the mail soon to many illegal immigrants and prisoners, even murderers, even the Sarnoff brother in the Boston bombing. Uh, Bill Reagan is the director of Loaves and Fishes. It's a shelter, which just sounds like a cool charity, um, a Christian charity. And people are coming across the border were not under any type of program that they weren't being tested. This is what Border Patrol has been saying. Neither our Border Patrol. They're not even getting the vaccine. And Governor Abbott had a, rightly had a fit and say, we got to get these guys vaccinated. That would be, yeah, important, uh, especially when you're dealing with such a high rate of positivity for COVID-19. And it's amazing how we all get lectured about wearing our masks by a president who says, you know, wear the mask, wear the mask, walks away from the podium with no mask, shaking hands twice now. You have all these, you know, illegal immigrants testing positive. Then they're going to be sent to a hotel to, quote, quarantine. 
I mean, or they're being sent to other states. That's all part of catch and release. Okay, what happens when they bring it to a state? Well, that, now you've got a super spreader event, to use the words of liberal Democrats and the media mob. There's no room at a hotel. Officials may have to house migrants, positive and negative, in the same room. This was in KVEO News in Harlingen, Texas. This is their report. I'm like, you kidding me? Families of migrants are being sent to the shelter. Official state, official state that they will not separate families. If one member of the family tests positive for COVID-19, the whole family will be sent to the quarantine center. Oh my goodness! And but you, but God, God help you if you don't wear your mask somewhere. Biden, you know, mask police will be coming to get you. You know, think about this. Betsy McCoy wrote a piece today and rightly points out. If you look at CDC warnings and guidelines to we, the American people, we are to avoid, quote, all travel to Guatemala and other Central American countries. That's our CDC is telling you that even as the Biden administration is literally inviting people with the hope of amnesty in three years from those same countries into our homeland. Travel travelers flying into the U.S. must have a negative COVID-19 test before they even board. Other negative tests is recommended after landing. Illegals get a free pass to bring the coronavirus to a bus terminal right near you. Brownsville, Texas, right where these migrants have been coming from last month. More than 6% tested positive there than this Harlingen, Texas problem of 25% testing positive. With a million migrants now expected to crash the border, uh, you know, from this point throughout the year. Six percent, that's 60,000 COVID infected migrants in the course of a year. Even with herd immunity, innocent people are going to contract the virus. It's unbelievable. Cruz and Hawley, uh, Josh Hawley, been blasting Biden because the Border Patrol had to shut down their highway checkpoints so they can serve as reinforcements because the border crisis is so out of control and they won't even admit it's a crisis. But yet, on the other hand, you have. The Homeland Security Secretary, this guy Mayorkas, has called his staff and others to volunteer. Remember the outcry when, what was the name of that group? It was the Minutemen, I think. And they were, you know, citizens controlling the borders. Uh, uh, forget it. It's, they're the militia. They're racist. They're, I don't, rem- I, you know, whatever. Now they're asking people to, what, 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 in our spare time, we're all supposed to go to the border and patrol the border? And come in contact with whatever percentage of people that might have COVID. Not a good idea. Not exactly the best thing. That would be the government's job. Maybe if they changed their policies back to stay in Mexico. Maybe if they ended catch and release. Maybe if they continued construction of the border wall. uh, Maybe if they sent a message loud and clear. We are sending you home. Maybe Maybe it would stop. Now, but the answer for the Biden administration, this was in Breitbart today, that senior law enforcement officials at the Department of Homeland Security are saying they are receiving verbal orders from within the agency that limits their ability to speak freely about the growing crisis at the border. We've been advised not to speak on immigration issues at the border and to rely on the DHS's Office of Public Affairs and the White House Press Office to handle messaging. They're the people led by Mayorkas and led by circle back Jen Psaki saying, uh, yeah, no, there's no crisis. And when we don't like to put names and labels on things, that's how they 
are now out of that. I mean, you know, if even CBS News tweeted out that unaccompanied migrant children, the number of people coming in is now tripled in just the last two weeks. We still can't get inside the cargo containing the cargo shipment containers. I mean, who puts kids? They're the ones. It was Biden and Obama that built the kids in cages in 2018. They're showing video of Biden and Obama's cages that they built and the video from 2014, because those were the kids that in cages that was so morally repugnant, according to Joe Biden. But yet it happened on his watch and he helped build those cages. Now we're putting kids in cargo shipping containers and they won't let us in to get a picture. No media allowed, but we're told they have butterflies on the wall, tiny windows with bars on them. Can't even make this up. You cannot even make this up. When he's in a hardware store, he can't even answer a single question about it. And this guy, the DHS Secretary Mayorkas, who first said, no, there's no crisis at the border, is now saying, yeah, well, there's an overwhelming number of migrants rushing the southern border. That's because of your policies. You've incentivized all of this. Texas Governor Abbott rightly demanding they provide COVID vaccines for all Border Patrol agents. They need it. They're in constant contact with this now. Now we're going to have an outbreak of Border Patrol agents, and God forbid one of them dies from this thing. Thought we were supposed to all wear our masks and be socially distant. Well, our cameras were down there. We got all the images we showed you last week. There's no social distancing and there's no mask wearing or very little mask wearing. You know, then why? In three years. Oh, how convenient. Just in time for the next election. They're going to have this path to amnesty for many people already here. But, you know, this this timeline shows an unraveling. Now there's there's just outright lying and damage control. And they seem to have no idea what to do. Jen Psaki refused to confirm the number of kids in cages during the Biden presidency. I'm looking at a picture now. This is on one of the media outlets. I forget where I, I got this from. I apologize to whoever I should be giving attribution to. And it's there's not a single person in this picture that has a mask on. Not one. And they're sitting right on top of each other. Not one person. But don't worry. The mask police are coming for you and your family. Um, it is interesting. I, I never heard anything like this in my life. Let me play this again. Now, there's allegations. So Cuomo's asked about what he said about this guy, Eric Schneiderman, who he said immediately, you know, typical rush to judgment, no due process, no presumption of innocence by the I Believer Caucus, of which Andrew Cuomo was an I Believer Caucus member in the Kavanaugh case and even demanded that President Trump uh, ask him to take a polygraph test. By the way, I'm not so sure I even believe in the, quote, science that the polygraph it might work in some instances, but I think they've proven in other cases. If you're a real sociopath, you can trick the machine. I've, I've read that on many occasions. I've talked to my law enforcement friends and they said, yeah, it's accurate to a point, but it's not admissible as evidence in a court in most cases. Or, you know, you or you get somebody to interpret it any way you want because they pay for experts on all sides and you get the, you hire the expert that, you know, is going to give you the opinion that you want for your case. That also happens. Anyway, so Mr. I Believer, and then he's saying, well, what about the, you know, you wanted him to resign when the allegate one allegation was made. And then he goes, well, there are allegations. And then there are allegations. 
and there's a spectrum of allegations. I'd never heard an answer like this in my life. In 2018, within about three hours, allegations against Eric Schneiderman came out. You called for his resignation. He resigned. Why doesn't that same expectation apply to you? There's obviously uh, allegations, and then there are allegations, right? Uh, and there's a, a spectrum of allegations. So there are allegations, and then there are allegations, right? And then there's a spectrum of allegations. What? the hell does that even mean i mean it is like the most incomprehensible statement i think any politician has ever made and he got away with it nobody said governor what do you mean they're allegations and then they're allegations and then there's a spectrum of allegations you got six women making allegations on the record about you unbelievable now this is getting interesting uh, I saw this in the New York Post today, and th- this is this may well, you got to wonder here. Just scratch your conser- I'm scratching my conservative wooden head and asking the question. Did the cover up of the nursing home issue scandal, you know, did he cover it up because it didn't fit the narrative for the million dollar book deal patting himself on the back? Now, the New York Post is calling on Cuomo to come clean about the details of that book deal. By the way, I'm not expecting him to be forthcoming on that. But, you know, can he explain how much he got? When did he when did he sign the book deal? Can he tell us, you know, New Yorkers lost their lives because of his executive order in late March, nearly a year ago. They knew in June 9,000 people died. And then they went into full cover-up mode while he's writing a book on his leadership on COVID. American crisis, leaderships, leadership lessons learned from the COVID-19 pandemic came out in October. When did you sign the deal? When, you know, when, how much did you get paid? Did he profit from the cover-up via a lucrative book deal that he didn't want to lose? Republican state senators call for that investigation into the crumbling bridge scandal. I told you about that yesterday. Then we also learned yesterday that apparently there was another executive order. I don't know how I missed this at the time, but it's still in effect. He never rescinded this one, ordering facilities housing development, developmentally disabled people to admit COVID patients. That's just like the nursing home scandal. How many people died there? Now, there's more than 6,900 people out of the 34,552 who live in these residents that have been infected by the virus. We don't have any number as to how many may have died here now there's one report in the uh that i saw on fox news the new york office of people with developmental disabilities said uh 552 residents did die as a result of that policy not not as many as fifteen thousand or more but you certainly would want by the way cuomo's top lawyer just left the top counsel to the governor quit out done um so, you know, what happens? Probably nothing. Well, what does the Daily News say? Uh, they just come, you know, we were right to laud Cuomo. What? Don't let scandals distract from his pandemic competence. Claims to be a simple man, I argue, 
very nicely that he's probably more complicated than all of us put together. But that song, Leonard Skinner's Simple Man, that can only mean one thing, and that's all things BillOReilly.com. Mr. O'Reilly, sir, um, I'm going to give you a non-cupcake interview today. I'm just giving you a heads up. Should I be frightened? (laughs) No. All right, listen, I, I read your column, and it's interesting to me. Because I take a little bit of a different stand than you do. You're right in your observation. Like, for example, I said last night on TV that Joe Biden's going to get through his speech that he's going to be practicing all day today and tomorrow, leading into a tomorrow night. And they'll get him plenty of nappy time and hot milk. And, you know, he disappeared six days before every debate with Trump. And before any big moment or speech, he disappeared for five or six days to rest up for the big moment. They're going to manage that. But, Bill, you use the word befuddled. I'll use your, we'll call it your word of the day. Yeah. Bill, this is deeper than befuddlement. It's much deeper. I see it. Half the American people, according to Rasmussen, see it. And it's very alarming. And I'm not saying this to be mean in any way. It is what it is. Well, you've got to build a case on a factual basis, and that's what I did. The column that you're referring to is called the, O'Reilly, the Biden Conundrum, word of the day, conundrum. It's on BillOReilly.com. You know, it can only have one word of the day, befuddled or conundrum, pick one. Well, you know, they, they both play into um, what you and I are concerned about. But I'm taking it from a very, very methodically uh, driven step-by-step. So let's, let's take this week. It's Wednesday, all right? What did Joe Biden do yesterday, Tuesday? He had one thing on his calendar the whole day. That was to go to a hardware store in Washington, D.C., to talk to the guys who run it to see how they're doing in the age of COVID. He was supposed to show up at 10. He showed up shortly after noon, okay? He was more than two hours late. He didn't have anything else on the calendar the entire day. So what is he doing today? Wednesday, all right? He's got one thing on the calendar. He's going to talk to Merck and J&J CEOs about vaccine. That's uh, later on. That's in the afternoon. Probably be the same time we're speaking on the radio. And by the way, Jen Psaki is saying he doesn't have time to give a press yeah, conference. Because it's 50 days um, that he's been in office and hasn't spoken to the press. Uh, but you didn't have time. See, look, it takes a long time to drive to the hardware store, then kind of go through the Benjamin Moore paints and then come back. But the way I'm reporting this leaves no doubt there's something wrong. Now, I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not going to go in and say the guy's in cognitive decline. I'm not going to do that. All right. I'm going to say there's something wrong. And not only with Biden, but if you look at uh, Saki, who is the main mouthpiece for the Biden administration, she doesn't answer questions clearly. She was asked yesterday very clearly, look, you got a border situation where there are 8,000 minors, foreign national minors, 8,000 in the custody of the U.S. federal government. Wouldn't you call that a crisis, 8,000? Hey, Bill, they're, they're in cargo shipping containers with a tiny window with bars on it. Imagine if Trump did that. So here's what Saki said. Oh, well, we have to make up for the last administration, which didn't 
have this problem because miners weren't allowed to come in. They had to wait in Mexico. All right. So Saki misleads there. And then she says, but we're, we're working on it. We're, we're, well, didn't you know this was going to happen when you signaled that foreign nationals were welcome to come into the United States, apply to, for asylum, and then stay here as long as they really wanted to stay here? Didn't you figure out that might have been a magnet to attract not thousands, but hundreds of thousands of people, because that's what's going to happen. So all of this is just a logical progression. Now, my question to Joe Biden, I'm a simple man. I'm, even though you dispute it, I am. I have a very simple question. All right? President Biden, Bill O'Reilly here, thanks for answering my question, which, of course, would <laughs> never happen in a million years. Um, who is being helped by your immigration policy? Can you name one human being on the planet that is benefiting by you basically allowing every foreign national to come to the United States, whether they have COVID or not, whether they have a criminal record or not? Who, who is benefiting by this? There is one group that is benefiting, and that is the Mexican drug cartels. They're benefiting big time because they're charging a toll for migrants to come to the border. You have to pay them sometimes as much as $5,000, or they will kill you. Hey, so the Bill? more people that come, the more money the cartels make. Now, does Joe Biden, let me ask you this, Anthony. Uh, you go ahead. You it's think, your show. Go ahead. Do you, think, do you think that Joe Biden is aware of that? Do you think he uh, understands? Listen, I, I think Democrats have been aware, and, and notice the amnesty timeline bill is three years. Why? Because it's just in time for the next election. And the hope is, well, if we give you something of great value, we're expecting and hoping that you're going to vote for us for generations to come. Uh, in this in this one point nine trillion dollar non-emergency covid relief, you know, bailout blue state bill that they passed, uh, they have money for illegal immigrants in two forms, checks and health care. And by the way, if you are in prison, you also get a check for fourteen hundred dollars. Prison commissary business, I wish I invested in it prior to this. I'd make a lot of money. Let me get you focused back. I want to bring you back, though, because I say, and I showed this on TV a number of times, a number of different ways, Biden in 2012, Biden in 2016, and Biden today. And what I am saying, it is very obvious and transparent. And by the way, the poll yesterday by Rasmussen backs me up. Fully 50 percent of Americans see what I see and you see that Joe Biden looks weak and frail and is struggling cognitively. Now, I'm not making a medical diagnosis either, Bill, but this is a problem for the world. He's the leader of the free world. Now, I'm not going to tell you or this audience yet. I have told my staff um, how I think this is going to play out. Um. I, I, I want I, look, I hate his policies, but but Bill, we need a president that can be fully, completely engaged. Will they get him over the hump of the speech? Yes. Will they get him through a State of the Union address? Yes. Will they even probably barely get him through a press conference with softball questions preplanned? Yes. But the reality is what it is. And he is struggling cognitively. There's something not right here. Okay, I agree. 
but nothing's going to happen. They're not going to move them out for Kamala Harris or anything like that because it is a positive for the people really running the government, which are remnants of the Obama administration. Susan Rice is the most powerful person in the country right now. Susan Rice, the top domestic advisor to Joe Biden. Never hear her name, never see her face. She keeps quiet, but she's calling all the shots. Biden will do what he is told to do. Now, tomorrow in a speech, Thursday night, all he's going to do is 15 minutes, um, rah-rah, we're, we're past the uh, COVID uh, horror point, we're on the upswing, it's all because of me and my administration, you know, he'll give you that, but the courage of the American people, blah, 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 blah. Anybody can do that. He can still read the words. I like Bill's speech blah. writing. All right, blah, 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 15 yeah, minutes, you know, all right, blah, blah, bye, be. we're done. <laughs> That's just me. You By the way, I hate be. to, I don't mean to be joking here, but it's probably going to be a lot of blah, blahing in there, even when he's, he, he's struggling reading a teleprompter, Bill. He'll read it, though. I mean, look. I agree. He's going to, uh, and, and yeah, literally. He his own. In the two debates with Trump, I had I didn't know whether he could do that, but he held his own. I mean, when you uh, if you go back and read my book, Killing Reagan, Ronald Reagan, after he was shot by the assassin, he did experience cognitive decline on a temporary basis, but he made a stunning comeback, as we all know. And so you have your good days. By the way, you, you took a lot of heat for that. I did. I took a lot of heat for telling the truth my whole life. I've taken heat for telling the truth, and so have you. By the way, so we we've, know lived, we've lived is. cancel culture for over 30 years each. It's unbelievable. Yeah, we're still standing, So, and I don't even have the kung fu thing. I mean, I'm going to go get it now, but you have it. I don't even have that. O'Reilly, you're eight years behind. Trust That's me. Right. You... I'm, a fast, I'm a fast learner, I can, I can, and I have long legs. Hey, I listen, I will invite you. If you would do it, I'll even put it on, t on camera. I'm I would love you. You want to come train with me for a day? I'm afraid uh, we, I train an hour and a half a day. It's a hard workout. If you want to do it, I'd love to have you. All right. Well, I'll think about it, but I, I, I hate that. I'll think about it. That means hell no, Hannity. That's like Joe Biden saying, <laughs> let me think about if I'll do an interview with Hannity or O'Reilly. That's never going to happen. Oh, man. You know, you made a good point on your TV show last night, though. Um, when Americans who are not ideologically poisoned, um, and if you are in that category, you're in my prayers, and I mean that sincerely. But Americans who really want the best for their country come in all parties. But you have to be honest about what the situation is in the White House right now. You really have to be worried about this, because I don't want Susan Rice running the country. She's not elected. All right, she's a shadowy figure who we all know. Oh, what she's she's a direct line to Barack Obama, and uh, we all know that. All right, let me change topics on you. I want to ask you about Cuomo. Now we have six people making allegations and this horrific discovery that he had this executive order in in late March of last year, almost a year ago, and they knew in June that it was resulting in massive numbers of deaths in nursing homes. Rather than, you know, acknowledge the error, which, look, we were all lied to. Every, 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 every estimate, every projection turned out to be wrong. Fauci, a year ago now, was saying, you don't need to wear a mask. Masks don't work. Um, so everything changed. We learned as we went along. But he wouldn't. Instead, he, he just covered it up. And they kept covering it up. Yep. And they kept the policy in place, Bill. And people died, the most vulnerable population, older people that needed our protection. They died, Bill. Yep. 
Well, the FBI is investigating. I don't expect any charges from the Justice Department under the uh, Biden administration. Um, Cuomo made a tremendous mistake. He had never acknowledged it to this day that he made the mistake. I know why he made it, because he didn't know what to do with the senior citizens in the hospitals who were being discharged, and they were living in nursing homes. So he said, well, i got to go back to the nursing homes. But he didn't think it out, and then when it was obvious people were dying, he didn't say, gee, this was bad, and I'm going to reverse my policy. And the story about Cuomo is going to play out this way. He's not going to resign. He's not going to be impeached. More women will come out. That's always the way it is. All right? So you'll have 85, you know, in June. And they'll all say the same thing. He did this, he did that, or whatever. Um, but Cuomo himself is going to stay in there as long as he can and hope that something turns his way. But it won't, because the attorney general of the state of New York, Letitia James, wants to be governor. And she is the key to Cuomo's future. And I think she'll hammer him. Um, and he will eke it out, but he won't run again in 2024. I I tend to lean to your conclusion with one caveat. I think the chances are greater than maybe you do. There is a, there is, there is a possibility that he would be removed. It's remote. Very slim. But here's Uh, why, though. Today with what's-her-name, Senator uh, Kristen Gillibrand's, um, oh, we shouldn't be talking about uh, removing Andrew Cuomo. So that sends the federal response down, all right, through her. Now, when she said that, because she's a witch hunter, she's a big witch hunter. Let's burn everybody's guilty, believe the victims. That's who she is. Oh, we shouldn't be really talking about removing There's Andrew no I Cuomo. Believe Her caucus anymore, Bill. I, I, I haven't heard one person on the Democratic side say, I believe. No, some of said we should have due process and take the allegations seriously, but they didn't say the words that they said in Kavanaugh. I don't know. The total opposite of that, and everybody knows what the game is now. We don't have to explain it to people. They understand that this has been weaponized, and Cuomo is the latest victim, because the far left wants Cuomo out because he's not going to pass a wealth tax in New York. He's, you know, he's, not, he's not radical left enough for the New York people, and they want him out. And that's why all of this stuff is happening. You couple that with his incompetence and his terrible executive order on the nursing homes, and he's done. All right, Bill O'Reilly, they're playing your music. Leonard Skinner, Simple Man. Bill O'Reilly, all things O'Reilly at BillOReilly.com. All right, 25 to the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN, our number. We're going to give you an update of the crisis at the border at the top of the hour. The attorney general of the great state of Arizona. This guy's great, by the way. His name is Mark Burnovich is going to join us. And he's suing the federal government over them not abiding by the law. They just they just ignore the laws. They bypass an entire branch of government supposed to have co-equal branches. Three of them. One is the legislative branch. But Joe just basically signs executive action, executive order after executive order. Then they decide not to enforce the laws of the land again unconstitutional and you got hr1 where they like to usurp the constitutional role of state legislatures and everything else we've been warning you about all right let's get uh before we get to our busy phones one thing i was watching this andrew cuomo thing and, and listening a little bit more to more of the details from yesterday's little phone or presser waste of time and you know he did get a question about well you called for Eric Schneiderman's resignation when he was accused of sexual misconduct. He's not resigning, but he also was an I believer. Andrew Cuomo, I believe her. 
in the Kavanaugh case, wanted Kavanaugh to take a lie detector test. Nobody in the mob in the media in New York has yet to have the courage to ask him that question. Anyway, here is how he responded about his outright hypocrisy. In 2018, within about three hours, allegations against Eric Schneiderman came out. You called for his resignation. He resigned. Why doesn't that same expectation apply to you? There's obviously uh, allegations and then there are allegations, right? Uh, And there's a, a spectrum of allegations. There are allegations and then there are allegations and then there's a spectrum of allegations. What, what, what? It all depends what the meaning of the word is, is. Are you kidding me? There are allegations and then there are allegations and then there's a spectrum of allegations. There's six allegations here, not one. Just unbelievable. You know, the sad thing is, is that there are real instances of sexual assault, sexual harassment in the world. There are. It's a fact. And when you allow yourself to have a double standard as it relates to something so serious and significant, then you are you're you're hurting the cause of people that are truly victims. And 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 that's what is, you know, nobody seems to be focused on at all here. Now, I also think people, if they make false allegations, they need to be held accountable for that. You make a you make a charge against somebody and it's not true. We saw that in the Kavanaugh case. The whole Julie Swetnick story just came collapsing to the ground. And yet those charges were outrageous. Boys every other weekend lined up in the hall, got the girls wasted, put something in their drink and lined up in the hall and then went in one by one and raped teenage girls. Every other weekend this was going on. Well, I never saw him put anything in the punch. I never even saw him. Well, I saw him near the punch bowl once. I saw him. Well, I never saw him give anybody a drink, but he had a red solo cup. Um, he wasn't in line in the hall, but I did see him in a hallway. I mean, are you kidding me? There's got to be consequences for that, too, because people do make false allegations, especially at a, on, on politically charged issues. But then there's got to be one process. That's why I've remained consistent. Now, I thought what was most damning is the interview on, on CBS by one of the accusers of, against Governor Cuomo. And I'll tell you what I found the most. Well, I found her. I watched her, and I'm, I think I'm a pretty good reader. People, I've been doing this now professionally for 33 years. I, I might have learned a thing or two on how to read people, and I felt that there was a authenticity and sincerity in what she said, and then it was backed up by powerful evidence, and that was the real-time text messages that she had saved telling her friend right after it happened exactly what happened. That's pretty, yeah, that's pretty damning. And then I don't know the cases of other people, but um, you, you cannot turn something this serious into a political issue, which is what, dem- what Democrats do all the time. You know, the, while some have been kind of shamed slowly to say that this is, this is allegations are serious and we must take them seriously and look into the allegations, 
Actually, in the Kavanaugh case, it was one of the rare times that the dopey Republican Party, and it's often dopey, that actually handled it the right way. They took it seriously. They stopped the confirmation hearings. They had a full investigation. They had hearings. It was painful. And then after all of the information came in and they got to hear from everybody, they made their decision. And I think they made the right decision. And yet you saw somebody in front of his wife and kids and the entire country basically brought to his knees being accused of something as horrific and evil as rape. Unbelievable. And one of the I believers was Andrew Cuomo. He's the guy that called for the lie detector test, and he's done it with other state representatives. One standard for thee, another for me. Anyway, let's get to our busy phones here. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program we go to the great state of Texas. Uh, by the way, I'm an honorary Texan. Governor Rick Perry gave me an honorary Texan award once, and I'm very proud of it. It's in my office as we speak. What's going on uh, in my studio as we speak? Bruce, how are you? Glad you called. Pretty good, Sean. How are you? I'm good, sir. Okay. The reason I'll call is in regard to Andrew Como is I think the media, while uh, it's important to cover the sexual allegations and such, they're really providing cover because they don't want the nursing home scandal investigated more thoroughly because the model that and uh, the directive that Andrew Como put out was actually copied by the governors of New Jersey, uh, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and California. So if you use that same model directive, then if you start finding all these deaths caused by COVID deaths, brought back into the nursing home, then you're probably going to find the same relationship and correlation in all these other states and maybe take the Democrat governors down as well. So that's my thought. What's your thinking on that? Listen, I just think there's so much here. And what's so frustrating about this is that it's not if this were a Republican, this were Donald Trump, this would be not only impeachment, but conviction. It'd be a slam dunk on every case. You know, I'm watching these cases emerge, you know, it's like they want to haunt, you know, and witch hunt the Trump family in perpetuity into the grave one day. That's all they want to do. You know, they didn't seem to care when they when they bludgeoned, you know, Paul Manafort and put him in isolation in prison again. Look, if he didn't pay his taxes, that's stupid. I don't know if he did or or didn't. I have no idea. But I do know that the sentencing was way beyond what an average person not associated with Trump would have gotten. I do know that Roger Stone, anybody that would, quote, lie to Congress. And remember, the, the Horowitz report said people like, oh, James Comey and Andrew McCabe. Yeah, they did the same thing. Nothing ever happens to them. And yet you get 30 guys in tactical gear and frogmen and CNN cameras and a pre-dawn raid with guns shoved in your face. Same with Paul Manafort over process crimes. Now, the way they're usually handled is the lawyer that you have is called and said, you need to report with your client at 8 a.m. tomorrow beyond time. That's how it usually happens. But if you want to embarrass somebody and you want them to get the maximum political benefit, you treat it differently. Say, look, if you're a conservative, I, I listen, I tell my accountants every year, pay it. I just say pay it. And he goes, well, you really, you do, you, you qualify for this deduction. I say pay it. 
and they and they get it. They understand because I know I'm a target. You know, just we'll go to jail for spitting on the sidewalk and jaywalking. Seriously. But Democrats, the Clintons, the Comeys of the world, the deep state operatives of the world, they get off scot-free. It's, it's sad. Cuomo, I, I, the odds are getting greater every day that, that he it's it, there's too many Democrats that want he, want him out now. And that's getting interesting. And I do believe on a national level that the. the the belief is, is that Joe would never be able to run in four years. So that's going to be an open seat. And Kamala Harris obviously would probably be the automatic front runner. But they don't want Cuomo in that race. There are many prominent Democrats that privately are cheering what's going on with Cuomo. I mean, politics is a blood sport, a dirty, awful, evil business. I, I, I now have this thing figured out in ways I never really put together earlier in my career. And it is a horrible, horrible, horrible business. And it is everything that Trump said it is. It is a swamp. It is a sewer. It reeks with stench and corruption. And he drained the swamp. And we got down to the, the swamp creatures in their black tar being exposed and then, of course, the election happened. I think four more years could have gotten cleaned up. Does that answer your question, Bruce? Yeah, it does. Uh, I just a point I want to throw out is maybe the Republicans in these other states need to investigate the nursing home there because of the same policies there. So maybe they can use. Well, that it's happening in ads. Michigan. You know that Whitmer may go to jail. Let's talk about that in in the state of Michigan. Well, that'd be up to them. Well, it's going to, you know, we'll have to wait. We'll have to see. But the Michigan prosecutor says Governor Whitmer could face criminal prosecution. Uh, I mean, this is getting pretty interesting there as well. She's facing increased scrutiny over her policies that contributed to an increase in nursing home deaths related to the virus. And now this Michigan prosecutor is saying that, yeah, she could face criminal charges. So we'll see what happens there, too. Anyway, appreciate the call, Bruce. Love our friends down in Texas. Hang in there. Back to our busy telephones, 800-941-SHAWN, our number. Laredo, Texas. Jesse lives on the border, also the great state of Texas, the Lone Star State. Sir, welcome to the program. What's going on where you live, Jesse? Uh, Sean, how you doing? I'm good, my friend. Thank you. Uh, yes, I was telling you, your call screener over the years, I, I have a ranch out there in Texas, in South Texas, about... 40 miles away from Laredo, and um, that's where I was born and raised. And over the years, we've found illegal immigrants dead on a ranch. And what people don't understand is whenever they're coming across with those coyotes, those mules, if, those, if, the, if the illegal immigrant gets sick, they leave them there, or they will kill them right there. Because they can't let them get anywhere to get help because then we'll report that there's a group going through our ranch to the Border Patrol and then they'll get after them. Um, there have been stories I, that I've covered, Jesse, where, you know, these guys that own ranches on the border, it sounds like you're a property owner down there, uh, thousands of acres. So that you're not seeing the whole property every day that find dead bodies or bones of human remains on their land. I mean, it's actually happened a lot. It's so sad. 
I mean, there is human trafficking. You're describing it perfectly. That that is all real. I'll give you the last word. Yes, sir. And not only that, I've had them come to my house, Ben's. I'm 20 miles from the nearest town at 10, 11, 12, 1, 2 o'clock in the morning, uh, banging on my door. Uh, the last time that I had six of them come up at my door at six in that in the, I mean, at two in the morning. And, and uh, I literally had to pull a gun on them to get them to leave. And, you know, people don't understand when you put a gun in someone's face, you don't it's want that disturbing. moment in your life. You don't want it. Yes, it's it's awful. It's god it's awful. awful. Uh, it, did you ever help some of them out? Did they did they say sure. I'm thirsty and I need water? I need food. We're di- we're sure. dying here. Yes, all the time, all the time. So, I mean, so you you have a humanitarian human... side, but you also have to you know think of your family and be safe. I get it. Yes, sir. And you don't know who who is there that might hurt you, or they're just. Exactly. Or they're just starving to death or or they need water. I get it. I totally get it. It's not a, I don't know. It's a dangerous place. I mean, it's sad, but this this is, we can solve this problem. Trump was solving it. Joe stopped it. Now he's caused this, this crisis. Stay right here for our final news roundup and information overload. All right, news roundup, information overload hour, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. All right, the real crisis at the border, it is now real, although I see that Biden officials are moving to silence border crisis whistleblowers, senior-level law enforcement now. A source in the Department of Homeland Security on the record is saying they received verbal orders within the agency limiting their ability to speak freely about the growing crisis along the border. Now, remember, they're not letting any media in to see the cargo shipping containers where they're where all of these these migrant children are being put into with a tiny window with bars on it. But they say there's butterflies on the wall anyway. Uh They're now saying, quote, we have been advised not to speak on immigration issues at the border and rely on the Department of Homeland Security's Office of Public Affairs and the White House press office to handle messaging. In other words, they want to handle the lying and the propaganda themselves. I mean, it's pretty unbelievable here. Um, Now, CBS News even reporting that the number of unaccompanied migrant children in Border Patrol custody now has nearly tripled the last two weeks. The current number of children is the highest in the agency's history, according to a former DHS official. You know, that's why we keep sending our people on the ground. Last night we had Griff Jenkins there. We'll have another full report tonight. Uh, And literally, I mean, when when they first tell you when you're listening to either Joe Biden or listening to the head of the Department of Homeland Security actually say there's absolutely no problem at the border. But then you have a presidential aide asking for volunteers. Are they are they asking for the Minutemen? Because remember when that came up, that didn't particularly go over well with liberal Democrats. Now, the White House is refusing to call this a rush to the border. We had uh, Griff Jenkins last night interviewed somebody that entered the country illegally. Why'd you come? Oh, Joe Biden is inviting us. That that is that is what they believe. And you now have the Border Patrol having to shut down Arizona highway checkpoints because well, they don't want to find them. Uh, We have one border town in Texas where 25 percent COVID positive rate, 25 percent. And they were getting lectured about from this guy about wearing masks. You got to be kidding me. Anyway, so the uh, Biden would literally 
bar your grandmother and grandfather for, from traveling, but we're now bringing into the country people that have COVID. And then we're spreading them out all around the country because why? They got rid of catch and release. They got rid of the stay in Mexico policy for those seeking asylum. All of these measures, they stopped border wall construction. Guess where the people are crossing the border, where they didn't finish? It's unbelievable. You know, they stopped Biden yesterday from taking any questions about it. But anyway, the the officers are so overwhelmed. Now they've had to literally shut down highway checkpoints and put everybody all hands on deck at the border. And the DHS secretary, Mayorkas, is admitting, oh, now there are overwhelming numbers of migrants rushing the southern border because you're inviting them. Texas Governor Abbott exposed, expressed his outrage over not providing vaccinations to Border Patrol agents. You're inviting people from around the globe. They're not socially distancing. Uh, by the way, they're being put in rooms that are overcrowded, no mask wearing, no social distancing, and then saying, here, go to North Carolina. No, thank you. You know, the number of illegal immigrants uh, literally now is like a... If you look at the number of people, how convenient path to amnesty in three years, just in time for the next election. I mean, you're talking about now during a pandemic, 17 to 20 million Americans out of work, pink slips for all all the border construction, wall construction workers that were were busy and happy and had a good job for at least temporarily till they finished the job. And there's a lot more miles to go, hundreds of miles to go. They did 450 during Trump's term. Uh, then you get sending out pink slips to everybody in the energy sector. By the way, if you notice the price of gas where you live, a buddy of mine sent me a price in New York City, $4.30 a gallon. It was $2, you know, when Trump left office. Somebody, you like your heating bill going up? You're going to love your air conditioning bill going up, too, because that's all happening. I mean, it's hard to believe that one county in Texas can have a 25% rate and we can't get to see the, the, the storage. It's unbelievable to me. The whole thing is unbelievable to me. Anyway, here's Roberta Jacobson responding to Peter Ducey questions about Biden's policies and whether they're to blame. First of all, one of the things I think is important is we've seen surges before. Surges tend to respond to hope. And there was a significant hope for a more humane policy after four years of you know, pent up demand. So I don't know whether I would call that a coincidence, but I certainly think that the idea that a more humane policy would be in place may have driven people to make that decision. But perhaps more importantly, it definitely drove smugglers to express disinformation, to spread disinformation about what was now possible. And we know that. If if the change in administrations brought hope, then from your perspective, is this surge good? I I don't think that's what I just said. I think it's a reflection of how migrants feel at a particular time. I think what we are doing is making sure that we respond to that hope for people who need protection. We respond to that hope in a way that their cases can be adjudicated more quickly. But I don't think anybody would say that coming to the United States in an irregular fashion is a good thing. Would you describe what's happening on the border as a crisis, given how these numbers are spiking so much week by week? You know, I think that I, I really I'm not trying to be cute here, but I think the fact of the matter is we have to do what we do regardless of what anybody calls the situation. The border is not open. 
Going forward, we will continue to look for ways to provide legal avenues in the region for people needing protection while we continue to enforce our laws. This is a process. We have a great deal to do, but this administration has made significant progress and we will continue to do so. It reflects who we are as Americans, putting our values at the center of our policy. Fix and improve. You caused this problem. Your policies caused this problem. Good grief. It's not a crisis. I don't want to call it a crisis. We're just going to fix it. Fix what? You caused it all. Your policies are going to make it worse. Anyway, joining us is the attorney general from the great state of Arizona. Mark Bernovich is with us. Uh, Sir, thank you for being with us. You now have filed a, a lawsuit against the federal government for their immigration policy decisions. Good for you. Thank you, Sean. Thank you for having me on. Uh, it's absolutely mind-boggling when you hear what the administration is doing. They're basically violating federal law. Title VIII clearly requires that an alien who's received a final deportation order has to be removed from the United States. They haven't followed the Administrative Procedures Act. They haven't filed a MOU we've signed with them. And they essentially are jeopardizing not only the public safety of Arizona, but this entire country because they are blindly releasing thousands of people, including convicted criminals, and those who may be spreading COVID-19. This is a national crisis, and, you know, as you've alluded to, they essentially are encouraging people to do this, and then now that we have this problem, this crisis, they're trying to, you know, escape the blame for it. So it's literally a one-two punch to the gut. By the way, you do know that the CDC warns Americans to avoid all all travel to Guatemala and other Central American countries. Uh, You do know in Brownsville, Texas, there's a, a small county, town called Harlingen, Texas, 25% of illegal immigrants tested positive there, 25%. And we can't even get our Border Patrol guys the vaccine. They're on the front lines of this thing now. And then their overcrowding is everywhere. And then they're putting people on buses without even giving them a, a, a COVID test of any kind. And everybody on the bus is then at risk. It breaks my heart, Sean. You know, I'm a first-generation American. My family fled communism. And the reason why people come to this country is because the rule of law means something. And this issue has been politically charged by the Democrats. They lead people on. They create a crisis. And then they try to point to Republicans and say, oh, my gosh, how can you be so cruel-hearted? And it's absolutely ridiculous. They've instituted this crisis. They've created the crisis. And now they won't do anything to address it. And at the end of the day, when we talk about COVID, when we talk about criminals being released in our community, it's not only a public health issue, Sean, it's a law enforcement issue because they're putting my kids, your kids, they're putting our society at risk, and they don't seem to care. I mean, I, it's, it's mind-boggling to me. It makes me scratch my head, and it really is the dumbest policy decision that's come out of Washington, D.C. And you know the swamp has had a bunch of crappy or cruddy ideas, excuse me. They've had a bunch of bad ideas in the past, and this just might be the worst one of all time. All right, quick break. We'll come back uh, more on the border crisis, and it's a crisis with the Attorney General of Arizona, Mark Bernovich is with us, and we'll get to your calls on the other side of the news at the bottom of the hour, 800-941-SEAN, our number. We continue with the Attorney General, great state of Arizona, Mark Bernovich, who's suing the federal government over their immigration policies. Now, one of the things that I've been noticing is a lot of attorneys general uh, from other states are joining in lawsuits. Have you spoken with any of your counterparts in other states? Will they be joining Arizona? 
and suing the federal government. I got to imagine that that Paxton and and Abbott in Texas would probably join in. I, I would assume other border states would want to join in as well. Yeah, we... Uh, With the exception of the United Sanctuary Socialist State of California, they probably won't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Californias where good ideas go to die, we like to say in Arizona. And I just would remind everyone that if those high tax, high regulation rates didn't work, policies didn't work in California, they ain't going to work anywhere else. So to- please don't bring them to Arizona, Texas, or anywhere else. Well, where, but yes, where are your we- senators? Where's Mark Kelly? Mark Kelly's up for re-election in 2022. Uh, where's Kristen Sinema on these issues? You know, Sean, I have no idea, but I will tell you this, and I think you'll appreciate this, is that there's even Republicans in this state that refuse to make bold policy decisions, that run for the hills anytime there's controversy. You have elected officials in both parties that talk out of both sides of their mouth. They say one thing, they do something else, and that's why it's important. I'm one of these guys, I don't believe in a lot of talk. Let's do action. What are you doing? And whether it was arguing at the U.S. Supreme Court last week personally in Brnovich v. DNC, whether it's student by over this, whether it's joining my Republican colleagues, a dozen of us sued the Biden over their carbon rules and that are going to have a devastating effect on our economy and lead to increased fuel prices and agriculture prices. There is so much going on right now, Sean, and there is just too many politicians in both parties that have just kind of checked out, and all they care about is getting reelected, and that's what's led us to the condition we're in today. It's really sad, and you know, we can't forget either, and it doesn't get talked about enough, is that 90% of the heroin that makes it into this country crosses that southern border. Uh, Similarly, most of the fentanyl that is killing more people uh, crosses that southern border. And and, and you see this, I'm sure, every single day, and, and I'm sure you're prosecuting these cases on a regular basis. But, I mean, we're losing 300 Americans a week to this opioid crisis. It's real. And a lot of kids and, and, and they came up with the most sinister plans to, to spread this addiction, you know, curse uh, all around the country just for dollars. It's unbelievable that that alone doesn't cause us to stop the, you know, and, and control the borders and ensure that we have laws that are followed and obeyed by everybody. It is unconscionable, Sean, because it's it's a public health crisis and it's a border crisis, but it's also a national security crisis. And what you're saying is this does affect our national security. I mean, even just this year, I'm aware of people that were been apprehended with from the Middle East. And so we don't know why they're coming here. And so we have this terrible issue with, with drugs, but there's other issues we need to worry about. And just one even quick anecdote. There was a defendant here named Emmanuel Romero Hernandez, and he was the leader of a Phoenix-based drug cell. They were distributing methamphetamine, heroin, fentanyl, the very things you're talking about, poison to our kids, to our family members. And he had been deported from the United States previously. He had been given a lifetime ban in 2017. And we ended up, our office ended up convicting him in 2019. So you literally have people that are coming back into this country. And it's one of the reasons why I filed our lawsuit, because the Biden administration, their new policy directives, essentially, it's catch and release. It's going to release people, literally, that have been convicted of felonies, people that have been charged of felonies. And as you mentioned earlier, people that haven't even been tested or are positive for COVID-19 are literally being released into our communities. Why don't you run for Mark Kelly's position? 
<laughs> because I can't stand Washington D.C. No disrespect to anyone there, but my goodness, there's all. Well, that's all the more reason to go because I want somebody that doesn't give a rip representing the country, and then they won't care if they get thrown out. And then you'll get reelected by even a bigger margin because you're outspoken. But uh, we really appreciate your time, and thanks for all Thank you're you, doing brother. there. I hope other states join you in this. Uh, Mark Bernovich, he's the AG of Arizona. Sir, thank you for updating us today. We appreciate thank it. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. God bless. All right, quick break. We'll come back. Uh, more on the border crisis, and it's a crisis with the Attorney General of Arizona. Mark Bernovich is with us, and we'll get to your calls on the other side of the news at the bottom of the hour. 800-941-SEAN, our number. 25 to the top of the hour. Uh, your calls for this full half hour. Let's get right to it. Let's say hi to Darren Kogo Radio out in beautiful San Diego, the socialist utopia state of California. Comrade Dar- Darren, how are you? Glad you called. Good, Sean. How you doing? Thanks for taking my call. Thank you, sir. Hey, uh, I'm only here because I have to be. Um, <laughs> I'm active duty military. But anyway, so... By the way, uh, I want thank you for what you do. Yeah, sure. I love the I love the military guys I've met down in San Diego. There's a lot of you guys. Thank you, Sean. Thanks for your support. So back in October, uh, they tried to hit our, our, uh, Donald Trump with uh, the 25th Amendment. And I really think that that was just the Democrats priming the American people for the 25th Amendment for Joe Biden. Um, I know you, you, I'm going to have to pry this out of you because you keep saying you're not going to talk about it. But um, I do believe that they are going to try to get uh, Joe Biden with the 25th Amendment, and then they're also going to, at the same time, kind of sweep the Hunter Biden story under the rug. And I want to know your thoughts on well, that. Let me just weigh in on the Hunter, the Hunter Biden story is a full-fledged criminal investigation now. Now, do I yeah. have faith and confidence it's going to be done without the fixing? Nope. I I believe in America today, unfortunately, we have a dual justice system. I wish I never had to say that, but I think it's very obvious. There's one standard for conservatives, Republicans, another standard for liberal Democrats. That's it. It's just a fact now. And it's sad to me, but it's a reality. And I face reality and I face truth. Go ahead. Now, your question. I know where you're headed, I think. Yeah, yeah. So do you, do you think that they're actually going to uh, get Joe Biden on the or 25 or sorry, the 25th Amendment and uh, and move Kamala Harris into her his place? You see, Linda, this is a problem. My audience, this great audience of ours is too smart. And I'm not going to, I'm not, let me, let me say it this way. What have I been saying? I compared Joe to 2012 and 2016 to today. And I see very clearly, and 50% of Americans in the Rasmussen poll that came out yesterday agree with me that Joe looks weak and frail, and it's obvious he's struggling cognitively. I, I, James Clyburn apparently said he's, he's just, he has a stuttering problem. He didn't have that problem in 2016 or 2012 in the tapes we've pulled out, and we've pulled out, we've looked at a lot of them. Look, I have to be careful. I'm not a doctor here, Darren, Darren I'm not, and I don't want to make any medical diagnosis. I just see what I see. I see that he's weak, frail, and struggling cognitively. And what you're asking me is if at some point it's determined that, or perhaps it has been determined and we just don't know, that he has some type of medical condition, uh, could it result in in invoking the 25th Amendment? Yeah, that's entirely possible. Yes, it would be the answer. And, you know, 
But you've got to understand something here. If, in fact, there are people that knew that there was a big problem ahead of time during the campaign, and if they purposefully hid this information from we, the American people, um, that would be a scandal. So there would need whatever would whatever would let's say, initiate this process, I guarantee you this, would be sold as something that just happened. Right, and then they're going to treat it like it's the most tragic day in American history, having to relieve Joe Biden of his duties. Right, and then that says, well, we, you know, none of us saw this coming, when there might be a possibility that they did. And if they did, and they knew that this existed, and they didn't tell us, I would say that uh, if a Republican ever did something like that, there would be a lot of outrage in the mob and the media and uh, with the Democratic Party. Don't you think? Oh, absolutely. And I know people get uncomfortable with this question. You know, they asked it of Reagan. It was called the age issue, the age question. Nobody Mm -hmm. wanted to go near it, but they all went near it. They all talked about it all the time. The age issue. And they did it with John McCain, too. It's a fair question. Americans have a right to know if their president is up to the job, has the strength, the stamina, the mental acuity and the mental alertness needed and necessary to do and perform the hardest job in the world. There's no harder job. And I speak. And by the way, Darren, I've seen this up close and personal. I have been in the Oval Office. I have seen presidents, plural, in action and what they do every day. And it is not an easy job, and it has enormous pressures and responsibilities. Just look at the average president when they go into office, what they look like, and what they look like when they get out of office. Actually, an exception to that is probably Trump. He didn't really yeah. age that much in office. Barack well, Obama did. and hands and colors his hair, but, you know. <laughs> Well, but I'm talking about just just that office ages you and it just it is what it is. It is a immense amount of responsibility. You have to have a certain you you have to. And even if I don't like your politics to do that job and, and do it with passion and do it with a full effort, you really need a strength and a stamina that most people don't have. You need qualities. Look, there's only been 46 of them. Only 46 people have ever held that job. And I have watched candidates. Remember, you start running two years prior to election day. And you if you're running a campaign and you're running it the way it should be run and you're running hard, not like Joe in the basement bunker, you're talking about an immense amount of work. And a lot of daily pressure that I, I listen, I take on a ton of pressure every day, but I, I'm kind of it's built into my DNA. Linda, you can testify. What, what's my average stress level? What would you give me on an average day? One through like ten. around 28. Yeah, I mean, it's on a just, one to ten scale on a one to ten scale. <laughs> and by the way, one to 100. <laughs> and, and I, I got to tell you, if you ride with me on my team, radio and TV, if you're on my team, you got to ride at a high level. You can't. Yeah, but you know why Trump didn't age. I have the perfect answer. 
Yeah, because he gives high blood pressure. <laughs> he's no, a, no, he's no. A well, that is, yeah. That's a great answer. But the better answer is he was already used to working. That's that's. I think that's a great answer and a great observation. I agree completely. I think that's dead on. Absolutely. Um, I can tell you. I, I I'll tell you right now. I most people. I don't think. And let's look at. We recently lost our friend Rush. God, we miss him. And I could tell you as the guy that watched him forge this path, the trailblazer that he was that created opportunity for all of us, and we all owe him a huge debt of gratitude, that Rush, by doing that, he took on a lot. He got hit hard and often his entire life and career, and I think it did impact him. And I think anybody that does anything in the public eye, you have to have a certain mindset to be able to do it. There's not a day that goes by, not a single day that I don't get hit. Linda, true or false? I get hit every, every single, single solitary, solitary day. And they don't take off. Liberals don't take off on Saturday and Sunday either or holidays. They don't. No, they enjoy those days even more. Yeah. So but but I'll tell you, I don't know what it is. Maybe it maybe I'm messed up. I don't Maybe I need a shrink. I, who knows? Liberals will love that statement. Yeah. But I, but because whatever chip that I'm supposed to have that cares, it's gone. I don't care anymore what they think. I don't think I that's just, true. It's not that you don't care. It's just that we know they lie, so you can't put a lot of stock into it. I'm not losing sleep over it. Early well, in my, my career, pillow. I would say I, it bothered me. I, I'm not. It's like I've built up antibodies. It's like I'm so immune to it at this point. What's today's bomb? Okay. Sweet baby James used to give me a pack a day or just attacks against me. I'm like, James, stop giving me this. I don't well, want to read about this the crap. Hannity hate line. We had that for a while. You know what I tell people? You know, I'm like the I'm sort of like the captain of the team over at Fox in this sense. I'm not really the captain, but I've been there 25 years. I've been there from day one. And there are newer people that occasionally ask me questions. And I always want to help people out. I want people to do well. This is not a zero sum game. My success is not predicated on other people's failures. I've always believed that. And I believe it today. And I, I will say to them, do you Google alert yourself? And almost always they say, yes. I said, stop. And they said, well, I, I got to know what they're saying. I said, no, you don't. I said, you're going to be happier not knowing. You know, I, I used to have my friend, uh, you know, Keith and Lori, right? Of course. And Keith would, would text me, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, why? What's up? And he goes, you didn't see it? I'm like, what now? <laughs> and he'd send it to me. He goes, and then he write back, are you sure you're okay? I said, Keith, I don't give a rip. And it took him a long time to understand. I just didn't care. And I don't do this for money. I do this because I love my country. That's where I am in my life right now. I do this because this country, we're at a crossroads here. And I've never felt the danger to America as I do now with policies that I know will fail. Socialism always ends in unfulfilled promises, in more poverty, where we, we will all be poorer as a result. And it's a matter of how much of our liberty and freedom we give up to people that can't even keep law and order in their cities, people that can't even educate our kids in cities that have run these cities and states for decades, people that lied to us on Obamacare that are now promising us the moon. And then they're not going to keep those promises. We're going to all be poor as a result. Look at the debt they're taking on. 
And then we're going to then we'll have to measure how much of our freedoms we gave up in the name of false hope and false promises and false security. You know, the one thing, if I could urge every American, I would tell you this. Don't count on your government to be there for you when you retire. Don't count on them to be taking care of you the way they're promising. Free government, you know, guaranteed wage and guaranteed student loan forgiveness and guaranteed education and guaranteed healthy food and guaranteed health care. Gu- it's all BS. Don't believe them. And dig deep. Find the talent that God put in your heart. God made all of us find what you're good at, find what you love, find a way to pre- create goods and services based on your, your unique skill set, your natural ability, and, and work your ass off and don't give up ever. That's my advice. There's, there's my commencement address. You think anyone will ever ask me to do a commencement address again? I doubt it. I think um, you could. Well, you know, Neil Borch used to do his commencement address on the air every year. He used to do one on, which I thought was a good idea. I still stay in touch with Bortz. Um, he was upset, obviously, like all of us are, at Russia's passing. And he's getting on my case for working too hard. And I said, Neil, I can't stop. And he goes, you know, he goes, I get it. I'm glad you're out there. But on the other hand, as a friend, I want you to slow down a little bit. And I said, well, it's kind of hard. I just, I feel a sense of urgency. Yeah, now's not the time to slow down. I, I, I can't. I, I, this is, you know, the funniest thing is remember when the mob and the media, you know, released, you know, all my private text messages, this doesn't happen to anyone else, which is why I don't even have an email account anymore and why I'm not allowed on social media by my staff anymore. I can't been on there in years now. Mm -hmm. And well, do I have the passwords to any of my accounts? Do I have the password to one social? I do not have the password. And if I ask for it, would you guys give it to me? Nope. Oh God, no. I think, oh God, no, no, you don't feel like dealing with the aftermath. And anyway, I don't, I'm just talking too much about myself. Let me move on. It's not about me. It's about us. I love this country. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Uh, thanks for being with us, as always. Uh, Hannity tonight. Hope you set your DVR, 9 Eastern, on the Fox News Channel, as we're joined by Senator Ted Cruz, Candace Owens tonight. Our investigative report on the crisis, yes, crisis, even COVID crisis at the border. We have Pete Hegseth, Dana Lash, Dan Bongino, Matt Gates, and much more. 9 Eastern, set your DVR, Hannity on Fox. As always, we'll see you tonight, back here tomorrow. Thank you for being with us. Mm-hmm.